0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one communal page of Talmud each day. And today's page, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it Megillah 23. It contains a difficult passage. I'm gonna start right off and read it. Here it is The sages taught in a Tosefta. All people count toward the quorum of seven readers required to read the Megillah, even a minor and even a woman. However, the sages said that a woman should not read the Torah out of respect for the congregation. A woman could read the Megillah, but not the Torah. Of course, there are reams and reams of commentary on this idea alone. But I chose to highlight it because it seems to me that it sheds light on a very thorny question that I think a lot of people sort of stumble upon as they get more and more serious in studying Jewish texts, which is a question really of gender roles. I think today's passage very clearly captures something that we too often ignore, namely that the question is, to put it mildly, deeply complicated. Women in Jewish public life are neither on some sort of pedestal, as some would try to have you believe, nor are they completely relegated to some darkened corner a la The Handmaid's Tale, as others would sometimes argue as well. Instead, they're very much part of the mosaic of public life with different religious laws and social norms governing their place in the community. So instead of bickering about these questions, instead of diving very, very deep into the intricacies of what women ought and ought not to do in the public space, I wanted to welcome back to the program a Jewish woman who does incredible things in the public space and have her talk a little bit about what she does and why she does it. Welcome back. Robin Polanski-Morrison, the co-founder of Jewish Women Invest.
1: Hi, Leo. It's so fun to be here with you today. So please
0: tell me, what does this organization remind us? Why did you start it? And I understand you're, you're on the cusp of uh, an exciting new announcement.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So my co-founder and I, Samantha Anderson, started Jewish Women Invest a couple of years ago on this idea that there is not enough space made for women to learn, Jewish women to learn in the financial world, in the world of investing, in the world of philanthropy, in the world of doing things a little bit differently. And so we created this program called Jewish Women Invest. And the main focus is education. Now, if you've heard of impact investing, which is relatively new in the last, let's just call it 10 years, this idea that we can do well and do good together, um, working at the intersection of profit and purpose, money and meaning. There's a ton of different ways to describe it. But essentially, we can do good with our money. We can take all of those philanthropic causes that we care about, whether it's water, environment, investing locally, and there's a ton of different issue areas, and we can... Make money at the same time as doing well, so it's an extension of our philanthropic giving. So we're not looking to cannibalize philanthropy, but we're looking to extend what we already do and the good work that we do when we're granting.
0: This is so fascinating. How did you? How did you come to establish this organization?
1: Sure. So I was. I've been on Wall Street for about twenty years. Uh, in several different capacities, but mostly on the investment side, geeking out with the numbers. And then somewhere around 2007, 2008 financial crisis, I was always side hustling with philanthropy and whatever charitable endeavor I could get on. So during the day, I was making money to actually physically feed myself. And at nights and weekends with my side hustle, I was you know, uh, filling my soul, if you will, and really wanting to put those two worlds together. I discovered the world of impact investing, uh, built my own network and acumen and tried to bring it to the more traditional world. And um, as luck would have it, (laughs) later in life, I started the family chapter, left Wall Street and was looking for a way to take all the things that I loved, working with women, financial literacy, philanthropy, helping, doing good, all the things that I sort of grew up with based on my Jewish values. And so Samantha and I have known each other for a long time. She comes from the philanthropic side. I come from the investment side. So we put our heads together and built this program, Jewish Women Invest, which, as I mentioned, is, goal is to educate women, to create a community where women can come together and think about things differently, talk about things differently. And by things, I mean investments and in finance. One of the things that I picked up in my 20 years in the investment world is that all too often, financial literacy is just, it's, just, it's so prevalent. Uh, and you get to a certain point in life or career where you're almost afraid to raise your hand, where there's this cultural assumption that because you are a success by someone else's definition or even your own, that you understand the basics with the difference between a stock and a bond. But if somebody didn't teach you those differences, if somebody didn't teach you how to budget, if someone didn't teach you how to think about investing, and that doesn't mean you follow their philosophy, but at least give you sort of the, the the roadmap to invest, then how are you supposed to learn? And, and and sometimes I'll get, well, you know, there's a thousand different resources online, but all of those resources come with their various pros and cons. And there is no substitute for face-to-face or in today's current world, Zoom-to-Zoom education and making that, that learning relevant, making that learning exciting or at least being engaged. And so we developed this program first as education, right? So they are educational circles um, that seek to first lay the groundwork on the nuts and bolts. So the foundation of what it means, what, what money means, what all these different financial literacy terms mean. And then we take it to the next level by teaching how to create impact, right? I started with impact investing within all the different ways of investing within all the different asset classes. So public markets, private markets, real estate, um, all, uh, commodities, all these different areas. But the way that we do it to bring the relevancy, to bring the excitement, to create a movement, if you will, is through Jewish text. So what do I mean by that? So, We have Rabbi Mary Zamor, who is our incredible scholar, uh, rabbi resident. Actually, her name is Rabbi Mary Zamor, um, who we've partnered with to create our Jewish curriculum. So what we do in a given session, so the program itself is nine sessions. There is an orientation, and then there is uh, eight sessions that essentially take a different part of the market. And we we pair it with a value. Now, these values aren't inherently Jewish, but they're learned through Jewish text. So what do I mean by that? In the public markets, for example, when we're talking about stock and bonds, we talk about the Jewish value of bitachon, which means trust. And what we do is we'll learn, and Rabbi Zamor will teach us about bitachon through reading Jewish texts and then we apply that back to the public markets and creating value and impact within the public markets. But as I say, we start with the basics, the nuts and bolts of financial literacy. Then we teach the markets, and we teach this all with a Jewish lens, and more specifically, (laughs) to women. And the reason why, somewhat, is because we go where we know, as women, we like to think about things differently. There's a million different numbers out there, but one of the one of the motivating factors is that women own more than half of the investable assets in the US. and um, we control roughly eleven trillion. And again, there's a million different numbers out there, but trillions is a lot of money. And that means there's control. And even further, women are expected to inherit over 70% of the roughly 60 trillion in the next uh, intergenerational transfer over the next, I don't know, I think it's three decades. Again, these numbers can all be varied from different sources, but the idea is there's a lot of money moving between generations, there's a lot of money moving to the control of women, but also very much the day to day. Um, We just completed a circle uh, a couple months ago, our second, our pilot, and was incredibly successful And the way that I measure that success is one of our alumni came up to me a few weeks ago and said, my husband is really annoyed by you. And I was like, oh gosh, what did I do? Uh, And she said, she said to me, you know, it used to be that my husband would kind of share the details of our finances and I would nod and say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. He would tell me about an investment he was making. I would nod and say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And now... When we talk about it, I stop, I ask questions, it takes much longer. He's like annoyed that it just doesn't happen the way it used to. And so to me, um, not that everyone needs to become an expert, not that everyone needs to start doing their own investing, but having that knowledge means power. That power means confidence. Um, Education is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Power is this this concept of sustainability. Um, the concept of sustainability is making sure there's continuity in family I mean there's so many different applications but at the end of the day it's bringing confidence to women however we can get it so that was one <laughs> that was one very powerful success note for me another is one of my um, older financial literacy students she and her husband, who after, I don't think it was like 15 years of marriage, had never talked money before, not once. And now not only are they talking money, but they just bought their first home. So to me, those are measures of success. So this is sort of like the, the second round of my career. But the reason why we've added this layer of Judaism to the, to the program is, first of all, Bringing investment opportunities where investment opportunities weren't before, um, and why we do impact investing because it's it's a whole new opportunity set. Again, I talked about that spectrum from catalytic philanthropy, where you have a hundred percent impact and no market participation, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, where you have 100% market participation, but 0% impact. And all along this spectrum, Leo, we have all these different opportunities, whether it's different bonds, whether it's community development programs, whether it's recoverable grants. I mean, there is... So much opportunity. And the idea is to bring this to women. And so we run these programs, which as, as, you, as you alluded to, we are kicking off the new year with a circle on January 6th. And if you're interested, you can learn about it on our website, which is jewishwomeninvest.org. And the reason why we say to participate, one, it's an education opportunity to join this movement. We do have an alumni network that once you finish the course, which is about six months, it's about an hour, hour and a half every three weeks. So um, and it's virtual, uh, which makes it accessible Um, as much as we'd love to be learning in person. In today's world, it's a little bit easier. But also this topic is not one that. Everybody says they want to learn, but how do you make time in your life? So we are kind of designing this to be uh, to fit into a busy life. Um, so education opportunities, investment opportunities, we feel in the professional world working on this is is the next way to cultivate donors and continuity. Um, Impact investing is movement-based and it's here to stay. And the next generation or even older generations is looking for alternatives. They're looking for that next thing along the spectrum. We also think that there's um, there's a reason to use impact investing to help organizations shift their thinking. Um, Untapped and available lay leaders That want to give of time, not necessarily money, can be used to help organizations discover self-sustaining revenues. So that's another sort of in that impact investing. And then, really, the most important reason it's it's because it's Jewish tradition. Tikkun Olam. You talked about this and this this tract in particular being one of one of your favorite. Um, and 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 just you know, for for us, we bring Jews together of all backgrounds. It's it's everyone's together. It's non denominational. It's coming to the table with a common intent. We are women. We are we identify as women. We identify as Jewish, but we don't talk about a women's place in Judaism. We take our place in Judaism.
0: Hallelujah. Robin Plansky-Morrison, thank you so much for being our guest.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to share my passion.
0: This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Skarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller.